0: you well taken care of on a smooth Friday TGIF edition of the show. Hottest show in the streets. And whether you're watching this by TV, by YouTube, by computer, by iPad, by phone, by tablet, it doesn't matter what device you are watching from. The point is you are locked and loaded onto the number one source here for Crimson Tide, football news, notes, alerts, entertainment, conversation. That being in my only words with yours truly, the hype man, for Bama Football Talk, Stephen M. Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine. Very excited to have all of you tuning in to tonight's show as we're coming to you from the magic city of Birmingham, streaming this to you on YouTube. Speaking of the channel, go ahead right now, give us a thumbs up, give us a like on the show, hit that subscribe button, turn all of those notifications on so that way You can have the best in news, notes, and coverage on your Crimson Tide. We're not only streaming you the show on YouTube, but we got you covered on all forms of social media. This includes Facebook and Twitter as well. So no excuse whatsoever for you not to be on the number one side here and talking your Crimson Tide. As we do have a lot of fun stuff to get into how about Bama softball right now? Uh, Patrick Murphy and the ladies taking on Tennessee this evening starting at 6.30, continuing the SEC tournament taking place at Rose Stadium in Tuscaloosa. Montana Fouts and Bailey Hemphill did their thing on Thursday. Alabama getting the 5 to 1 win over Kentucky. Fouts with 15 strikeouts and Bailey Bomb with two big flies. Two home runs there. Crimson Tide trying to win the SEC tournament and move on to compete for its second women's College World Series national championship since Jackie trainer got it done for the tide in the 20 20- 12 venue also a lot of these nfl teams or all of these pro teams for that matter opening up rookie mini camps we're starting to see a few of these former alabama guys do their thing at these mini camps that's exciting to see that's awesome to watch wishing all of these young men the best here at the next level. But I got to shout out my man John every one time in that production studio doing his thing with the smooth music there on the ones and twos. We want you as the fan base to be involved with us on the show tonight and you can be involved by calling 205-448-1358. That is the number to call in to let your voice be heard on the show. 205- 448-1358. And one more time, 205- Definitely want to hear from you guys on this evening. As always, that daily Super Chat Go. $75 daily Super Chat Go. Appreciating all of you for the love, the support, the passion, the joy that you bring us here on the show. But... We'll start off tonight with, with this right here, and it goes to Alabama's running back room. And we've talked about this throughout the spring and, and so far all off season, where you look at this room and how crowded this room is. Seven guys on the roster. Will Alabama be able to keep all seven guys at this point? It has no choice just being that it's kind of too late in the game to transfer, so... We shall see what happens. Saban's going to rotate at least three guys at the minimum. There could be a fourth back rotated in there, but that remains to be seen. And while there are a lot of old heads out there that want to see Brian Robinson, you know, have a dominant final year, especially with how he has been patient and waited his time and served behind other backs, but there's still, you know, the majority of people that want to see some of the other guys on the roster step on. Guys like Jace McClellan get more opportunities. Guys like Roydale Williams, of whom I like seeing out there on the field myself. Uh, guys like Trey Sanders. If this young man can stay healthy, it seems like every time he takes a couple, of step for, a couple of steps forward, boom, he gets hit by the injury bug. So, hopefully, Sanders can remain healthy. And then you have guys like Kyle Edwards and also uh, Keenan Robinson, Alabama not, not knowing where to put him. Do we have Mitt running back? Do we have Mitt receiver Where do we put King and Robinson here in this equation? He's back from opting out prior to last season due to the COVID-19 pandemic. And then now you have the freshman Kamar Wheaton coming in here either the latter part of this month or the early part of next month. So it's going to be very interesting. But for right now, I'm going to pull Jace McClellan out right now. I want to single out McClellan just due to – him, you know, he's entering his sophomore year, second year out of Alito High School in Texas, and he was a long time pledge to the Oklahoma Sooners before flipping to the Crimson Tide late in the 2020 recruiting cycle. And this past season, we saw his speed, we saw his big play explosiveness, we saw his athleticism. At times, we saw his ability to make huge plays, and I understand he did not get just a ton of time on the field due to the coronavirus, but from what we saw of him, he was breathtaking. He was entertaining. He was something fun. He was something eye-catching, and in today's college football, and most importantly, in today's NFL, what do we want to see as fans? We like to be entertained. We want to win. We want to be dominant. Absolutely. We want to have success and bring in championships. But at the forefront of everything, sports is entertainment. Athletics is entertainment. You want to be able to have your eyeballs captivated by the person that's shooting the basketball or dunking or hitting home runs or playing tennis, playing golf, playing football in any entity Of sports, you want to be entertained. You want to be captivated. You want to have somebody that grabs your attention immediately. And uh, Jace McClellan did that for the Crimson Tide in terms of you, the fans, when he was on the field, when he got the ball in his hands, when he was able to make plays, especially the 80 yard touchdown run he had late in the season against Arkansas during that matchup there. But and, and, and discussing McClellan right here, what's interesting is uh, he has started this offseason working, training with one Brad Lester, former Auburn running back. And then um, here's the key. Here's the kicker here with this. the uh, Najee Harris was the last running back, was the first running back to train with Nestor. And uh, prior to last season, People had you know, some doubts you know, about Harris. It was, he's good, but can he be uh, explosive enough? He's good, but can he be, can he show more athleticism? He's good, but how dominant can he be? He's good, but is he a first-round pick type of guy? There were, there were, these, there were these little hints of doubt when you, you know, Najee Harris. And uh, the, the moment he starts to work with, brad lester those doubts immediately get silenced right because him working with lester he then becomes highly explosive he becomes highly athletic like he's always had the hurtling ability the stiff arm the spinning ability uh the capability to be elusive and evasive in open space but it was like working with lester it 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 became more so of a fine-tuned skill for harris he was breaking 30 and 40 plus yard touchdown runs, right? He led the he made all of college football in rushing 1,466 yards and 26 touchdowns. He made all backs in total scores uh, with 30. You know, this was a guy that, you know, had, you know, multiple 100 yard games a season ago. This was somebody of whom was the Dunk Walker Award winner, was a Heisman finalist, was first-team All-SEC, you know, first-team unanimous All- All-American selection. And uh, this was a guy that ended his career as Alabama's all-time leading rusher and most importantly, this was a young man that was taken in the first round of this past draft, number 24 overall, by the Pittsburgh Steelers. So we, we saw here prior to working with Lester, you know, Najee Harris good, but there were still question marks. There were still doubts. There were still critics out there going, you know, he's good, but I don't know if he can be dominant. I don't know if he could be explosive. I don't know if he can take this thing and become next level. But the moment he starts working with Lester, all of those doubts, all of those criticisms, all of those naysayers, they all were silenced. They all were put to rest. They all were put to bed as the young man had a phenomenal year. So now Lester gets his hands on another Bama running back. And this time he's getting his hands on McClellan. So that the question becomes – how big will McClellan be in year two? How much will this young man be able to turn up in his sophomore season? Because according to Nestor, and we're going to actually have him on the show for Monday to start next week. Want to get him on today? He's doing some training things right now, but we'll have him on Monday. But but the big but the, uh, the the biggest thing here is. Upon uh, McClellan coming in, you know, Master's already talking about the first thing he notices from the young man is, man, he's explosive. Man, he's athletic. Man, he's fast. Man, he's got a lot of big playability. So now that the key is being able to fine-tune that and training McClellan, but not just that, probably adding a bit more power to his game because he's got the speed and, He's got the athleticism. He's got the ability to juke people in the hole and break out into open space. So now this could mean adding more power to his game, going in between the tackles and having that contact balance where he's not being tackled by one guy. He's not being brought to the ground by one guy. He's got that balance to continue to forge forward and pick up extra yards in the hole as he continues to – getting to the second and third levels of a defense. But, folks, this is interesting. As much as people want to see you know, Brian Robinson have success, as much as people want to see you know, Roy Dale Williams have his chance and Trey Sanders stay healthy and um, you know, Keenan Robinson get out there and, and Kamar Wheaton, what can he provide? And you got Kyle Edwards, sort of the odd man out, but he's still there. Having McClellan work with Brad Lester, to me, this is like, can he be the second running back to really sort of pop here, turn up, and have those big, big numbers that Najee Harris had eight seasons ago? So it's going to be interesting to continue to chart the, uh, the progress there of McClellan. Working with Lester, But, folks, we take our first break here on the show. Don't touch that dial. We're just getting started. Upon our return, we're going to get into your phone calls, your thoughts, your tweets, your texts, your super chats. We get to a conversation with you, the Bama fans, right after this.
1: Remember the taste of Grandma's delicious sweets? Emily's heirloom pound cakes brings back those precious memories with just one bite. Each cake made from scratch. They make the perfect dessert to share with family and friends for any occasion. And ordering is easy. Visit Emily's heirloom poundcakes.com. Click the online store and shop. Then pick up your fresh cake at the kitchen in downtown Homewood. Order yours online at Emily'sErloom Poundcakes.com. Emily's Heirloom Pound Cakes, making
0: memories from scratch
1: for tuning in show your support right now by clicking that like button if you haven't subscribed hit the subscribe button now and enable all notifications to make sure you don't ever miss any of the best alabama football news notes and information right here on touchdown alabama
0: we are back into the action here folks back into the action on a friday tgif edition of the show Number one form for Bama football news. In my own words, yours truly, Stephen Smith of Touchdown Alabama magazine. Once again, Tide Nation at 6.30 this evening on ESPN2 Alabama softball in round two of the SEC tournament, the semifinal taking on Tennessee. The winner of the matchup will play in the championship game on Saturday at Road Stadium in Tuscaloosa. But... We're back in here to take your calls. Call segment brought to you by the Blue Wrench Gang, 205-448-1358. That is the number to let your voice be heard on the show tonight, 205-448-1358. And one more time, 205-448-1358 as you are getting your calls and your thoughts together. Awesome topic right now, and it goes to one Jalen Waddle of the Miami Dolphins. Former Alabama wide receiver was taken number six overall in this recent NFL draft. He has signed his four-year fully guaranteed contract. The ink has dried. The pen has been put to the paper. Waddle, four-year deal worth $27 million, $17 million signing bonus. The average salary he is looking at is $6.7 million, and he will have a fifth-year option To boot, with that, so Waddle very excited right now today. Started off the uh, rookie mini camp for the Miami Dolphins, and Waddle looking good out there in the mini camp, showing the sudden, showing the uh, subtle uh, and sudden explosiveness, getting in and out of the breaks, making catches, making plays out there on the field, and with the Dolphins getting him, uh, this is huge because it allows. To a Tanga Valoa to be able to stretch the field in a variety of ways. He'll be able to stretch the field vertical, going deep down the field, as Waddle can do that and running those deep post routes, goal routes, fade routes, uh, those types of, of double moves. But he can also take a five to 10 yard dink and dunk pattern, slant pattern, drag route, out route, make a guy miss and go off the races for a 90 to 95 yard touchdown. So it's, it's literally your poison when you talk waddle a phenomenal wide receiver but also a built-in special return man so i'm uh, really excited about him you know signing the contract inking the contract there, fully guaranteed for four years a 27 million 17 million dollar signing bonus and that's that uh that average salary six point seven million. So it's gonna be, uh, be very cool here to watch him on the field and see what he does. But we're gonna actually go right now to our next break. Don't touch that down, folks, because upon our return, we're gonna actually get into uh, the Alabama defense is being um, the Alabama defense, pe- pe- people are sleeping on the Alabama defense. And why I feel like this year's group is about to go crazy in the upcoming season, we'll talk about defense after this. We're back in, folks, from the break. of a number one form for Bama Football News. In my own words, yours truly, Stephen Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine. And we're now going to get into this Crimson Tide defense and one that I feel like people are sleeping on. People are not paying much attention or not, not necessarily that. People are not expecting – I'll use that word. They're not expecting big things here from this defense. If you go around and you poll – you know, individuals out there, and their thoughts have become, uh, you know, defense is alright, but I'm more so interested in what the offense does. I'm more so concerned about what does Ben O'Brien do with Bryce Young? Does he develop him the right way? Does he mold him the right way? Does he, uh, does he craft him the right way? Does does Bryce Young go out there and really truly have? a huge first year as a starting quarterback. You know, what do the wide receivers look like? What what does the offensive line look like? The running back room, what becomes of that area? So, you know, more people are like defense, that's cool and everything, but my my focus is more so on what does the offense look like. And and for me, I mean, true, you want to see Bill O'Brien do right by Bryce Young. You want to see O'Brien mold him, develop him, craft him uh, prepare him to be an elite-level quarterback in the SEC, especially in his first year starting. You want to see the running back room have success. You want to see the wide receivers break out and be something special. You want to see the offensive line dominate and try to defend its crown and be in a Joe Moore award-winning group. But at the same time, you, you can't sleep on and not expect you know huge things here – from this Alabama defense, and the reason why I say this is, going back to the spring, uh, Coach Saban was very high on this group. He was very jubilant about this group all spring, talking of multiple players from this defense, including one, Ja'Quincy Kulant McKinstry. Now, for, for the first time in a while, Sabin walked around the field, Sabin entered press conferences. Sabe was just very much so upbeat about what he's got on that side of the ball. He knows he's got a group that can be an elite group and he expects it to be an elite group. Now, along with people not having the high expectations for the defense, we are also seeing um, diff- we're also seeing different websites really not give the utmost respect to These Bama guys. And for me, I don't know if Pro Football Focus does this stuff off hot takes. I don't know how they do this stuff. But the last couple of graphics that this site has put out as they're in a series, top five returning at each position in college football. But the last two defensive graphics that they've put out, it has really rubbed you, the Bermon Nation, the wrong way, and also it's rubbed a couple of the Alabama players the wrong way, and it's it's provided fuel to the fire. It's added major motivation. I think this defense is going to go stone crazy in the upcoming season. Now, the first graphic it put out, or one of the first graphics it put out defensively, was the top five edge rushers returning to college football. And uh, it did not have Will Anderson or Chris Allen named uh, on that graphic. And upon that graphic coming out, you had fans going, okay, did Chris Allen and Will Anderson die? Did they drop off the face of the earth? (laughs) You had players like DeMarco Hallams and Malachi Moore and Chris Owens uh, saying, did... Did Will Anderson and Chris Allen, did they go pro? Did they stop playing football? Did they just quit? Like, are are they no longer a part of the NCAA? Like, you had fans and players, like, really going after pro football focus for doing this. And and this causes causes Allen and Anderson, they're going to be dropping quarterbacks to the ground at Will in the upcoming season. Now, going back to last year, And we've talked about this. Anderson had seven sacks a season ago. Ten ten and a half tackles for loss. He had, what, 60 quarterback pressures there. If he would have finished on a lot of those plays early on in the season. And I know he was still trying to adjust because, you know, with COVID, the guys didn't have a spring. But if he would have finished on a lot of those plays he had early on in the season, the young man could have very easily had between 14 and 18 sacks a season ago. So to have him back, experienced, uh, getting stronger, getting faster, and him being left off this list along with Chris Allen – who's going into his second year fully, fully healthy. Last season, six sacks, 13-and-a-half tackles for loss, led the SEC in that regard. And both of these two being left off of this list, both of these two are going to be harassing opposing quarterbacks at will. But that was just the tip of the iceberg. When PFF dropped its top returning linebackers, just the position as a whole, linebackers for the 2020 the 2021 campaign and it left off Christian Harris it left off Christian Harris now Harris has double the motivation because he's been overlooked he's been undervalued he's been disrespected twice not only is he getting the disrespect from PFF but remember at the end of last season The SEC put out its put out you know the all SEC teams. Christian Harris did not make an all SEC team. He wasn't named first team. He wasn't named second team. He wasn't named third team. And this is despite the massive production he has as a sophomore. We are talking about we are discussing a brother who put up 79 tackles, seven and a half of those for loss, four and a half sacks. Six quarterback pressures, uh, had a huge interception in the college football playoff semifinal, the Rose Bowl against Notre Dame. This is also somebody that put a big hit on uh, Justin Fields in the national championship game against Ohio State and had that brother uncomfortable. This is also the same Christian Harris that got the sack, the, the clinching sack, off Florida's Kyle Trask in the SEC championship game, helping Alabama win. 52 to the 46, and he was not named to an all SEC team versus Dylan Moses, who did not have the greatest season in the world, but Dylan Moses still made first team all SEC. So Christian Harris being disrespected by his own conference and now being disrespected by. Pro Football Focus, him not being on this list. I mean, I understand they got the young man from the Troy Trojans on here, and no disrespect to him, and they got other guys on this list, but Christian Harris, this is big motivation for C. Harris. I mean, he he, he even responded to the tweet. He even responded to the post by sharing it on his page. If Harris did not respond to it, maybe this is not really much of a conversation. But because Harris responded to it, he knows the disrespect is high. He knows what's up. He knows what's going on. He understands the talk that's being done, not just to him, but to the defense that he is running, that he is orchestrating. And he ain't down with that. He is not down with that. So when you got PFF, who leaving off, Will Anderson and Chris Allen for for the top five edge rushers. And you got the same site leaving off Christian Harris as one of the top five linebackers returning to college football. And then you got the people out there not expecting Alabama's defense to be good. I understand it's a different age in college football. You got to score points. You got to score with people. You got to run with people. But at the same time, Nick Saban knows, he knows, this is going to be one of the best defenses I've had here since I've been here. And he's had some great defenses since he's been here. But Saban, very high on this defense. And the leaders, among the leaders of that group, Christian Harris, Will Anderson, Chris Allen, all of these three being disrespected by PFF. And then when you look at the Alabama defensive secondary, looking forward to seeing what that group does as well. But, but, but I, I feel like this defense is going to go crazy. It's going to go insane in, in the upcoming season. And something that you as fans, you guys mentioned this on Wednesday show. If you're Pete Golden, turn everybody loose. Seeing this mess that's going on, if you're Pete Golden, turn all the horses loose, blitz as often as you can. Create those packages, but most importantly, create different platoon packages to where you can mix and match multiple guys on the field. I mean, I want to see a package where it's Will Anderson and Chris Allen going after somebody. I want to see a package where it's Drew Sanders and Chris Braswell going after folks. I want to see a package where it's King Makuda and you know other guys. Just different packages where The offense doesn't doesn't have any idea what's about to hit them. It's a heat-seeking missile, and they have no earthly idea how to attack it, how to defend it, how to go about combating it. So if I was Pete Golden, that's what I'd be working on right now. But I feel like do not sleep on this defense. Do not underestimate this group because this group knows what it's got. PFF already giving it big motivation here for the upcoming season, leaving off Will Anderson, Chris Allen, and Christian Harris. But we take a break right now on the show. Don't touch that dial. When we get back, we dive into more of the talk, but dialing off the conversation with you, the fans, after this
1: Thank you for tuning in. Show your support right now by clicking that like button. If you haven't subscribed, hit the subscribe button now and enable all notifications to make sure you don't ever miss any of the best Alabama football news notes and information right here on Touchdown Alabama.
0: We're back into we're back in here, live, folks. Back in here from the break of a number one ticket here for Bama football news. In my own words, yours truly, Stephen M. Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine. Appreciate you guys checking us out here on this evening. And before we get into the call lines, or the phone lines to take your calls, call statement brought to you by the Blue Wrench Gang. Got a couple of Super Chats to get to right now. So first and foremost, how about Cody? How about Cody Tanner? Cody Tanner, that $10 donation in the Super Chats. Cody Tanner. And then we got Kraft of 1. Kraft, K King up one that $14.99 in the super chats. $14.99 coming from Kraft Kang up one. So appreciate Cody Tanner and Kraft King up one helping us out here. On the show. But folks, we're getting back to the phone lines to take your calls. Call Sandman is brought to you by the Blue Wrench Gang, 205 448 1358. That is the number right there to let your voice be heard on the show, 205 448 1358. We take a call right now. You're live on the show. What's going on? What's going on? Calling the What's going on, my man? How are you feeling? Bro and I got a question about you talking about Christian Harris. Is Christian Harris gonna be uh, the best linebacker in the SEC this year? I think he will be. I, I think he is, and, and I think he will be. I, I think he saw he saw what Dylan Moses did last year, and I, I feel like Christian Harris is ready to bring that. That 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 swag, that sauce, that dominance to that nine-backer position. I mean, he's been productive for the last two years, highly productive, but now he's stepping into a role where he's gonna make a lot more, he's gonna make a lot more of the calls. He's controlling a lot more of the defense, he's getting a lot more of the guys set. He mentioned all spring long, I'm running this thing. I'm making sure we're doing what we're supposed to do. Yes, to me, Christian Harris will be the best linebacker in the SEC. He's going to get that done. We appreciate that call right there coming in, helping us out here on the show. But I'm going to get to a quick topic right now, and that topic being uh, Devontae Smith. We got all of these NFL teams. They're opening up rookie minicamps, including the Philadelphia Eagles and Smith, the number 10 overall pick to the Eagles from the University of Alabama, the 2020 Heisman Trophy winner already doing his thing. He's already showing that skill set to drop his weight, getting in and out of the breaks, catching passes, being crisp in his routes, having the smooth, strong hands. Head coach Nick Sirianni basically said today, you know, Smith is as good as advertised. Like we, we know, we knew what we were getting when we drafted him, but day one of minicamp, We're already seeing this guy is a technician. He catches everything thrown in his direction. And I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, what the pairing of Smith back with Jalen Hurts, what that does. Because you're going to be able to work Smitty all over the offense, putting him at X, putting him at Z, putting him in the slot, having him on kick return, punt return, should the Eagles choose to go that route as well, because he can do some dynamic things. With the ball in his hands, we've, we've, of course, we saw this across his four years playing for the Crimson Tide. But really awesome right there seeing Devontae Smith uh, going there and uh, going off there in minicamp. But we're going to actually take some time to go through a couple of your comments here and... I know I saw one in particular in the chat line talking about, you know, seeing the the list from Pro Football far, from Pro Football Focus earlier today, and the comment was was basically saying, you know, how Bama is going to be Bama at the end of the day. They're going to dominate the awards at the end of the day, and uh, I, I understand that. I I understand that and I know Willie 351 wrote in you can't you you can't have every Alabama guy on these lists you know these lists are political they can be very egregious at times and I get it You, you can't have every Alabama guy on the list but at the same time when you know an Alabama guy is dominant at that position when you know an Alabama guy is worthy of having that spot you got to put the guy in there. I mean, he they had Evan Neal as one of the top offensive tackles in college football, and that's, that's a gift. That's a no-brainer. We know what Evan Neal is. They also had Brian Robinson as one of the top five running backs in college football, and, and, and there are still some of you out there that are not sold on b rob being one of the top five backs in college football, but yet PFF has him right there. So if that site puts him right there as one of the top five bags, And you look at Christian Harris, once again, who had massive production in the SEC, and he's coming into a role where he's going to be calling that defense, running that defense, orchestrating that defense, putting that group in situations where it can have massive production. Then you got to look at Christian Harris. You got to look at a Will Anderson who had, what, 60-plus quarterback hurries? and he's not there you gotta have him there but before i continue my soapbox here we take a call right now you're on the show what's going on
1: what's going on what going on steven this your boy scooby lou from the you know, the third war. that man know you that home of the soldiers you already know you heard me you know I just Friday a Teddy baby you already know I had to call in, say roar tie one time
0: for my people down here. You want to say, Love the show. I'ma see you when I see you. Holler at me, baby. All right, we got and Luke calling in here for the third one from New Orleans, baby. We, we always encounter a good call from, from the boy Scoob there. and Luke calling in, showing us some love here on the show. But continuing, just my soapbox there. I, I get it. You cannot have every alabama player on the list you cannot pander to the crimson tie i get it but when you see a bama player that's deserving of it and you see the dominance of that player you can't just sit there and look away and not put that player on i mean we saw the dominance of will anderson last year you may not have to put chris allen on there but you saw the dominance of will anderson like you've got to have that guy on there and then christian harris I mean, you you, got to somehow slide that guy in there. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, we, we all know when this stuff happens, it gets these players hungry. It gets Nick Saban something to talk about in the locker room. It gets the position coaches something to talk about in the locker room to have these players motivated to put their best game out there on the field. And overall, what U.S. fans want, you want these players having their best games on the field. And most importantly, you want these guys the end of the season as national champions. So there's that right there. We take a break right now, folks, on the show. Don't touch that down. Upon our return, we get into you know the top five, the top five toughest teams that will look to give Alabama a game. that will look to give Alabama a competition, Alabama a competitive fight here in the upcoming season. We'll dive into that list after this. And we are back in, folks. Back in from the break of number one form, number one ticket for Bama football news. In my own words, yours truly, Stephen Smith of Touchdown Alabama magazine. Gotta remind you one more time, folks. At six thirty p.m. Uh, at six thirty this evening on ESPN two, Alabama softball will be taking on Tennessee in the semifinal round of the SEC tournament. Tournament taking place in Tuscaloosa at Rogue Stadium. Gonna be awesome. To check out that matchup right there. But before we get into final topic of conversation, I've got to remind you of TDAwear.com. That is TDAwear.com. So for all of you fans still overjoyed with the Crimson Tides National Championship, we want you to check out our championship collection merch. Now, this means you grab you, you get you, you cop you, you purchase you and 18 of them things, folk hoodie t-shirt or sweatshirt as well as our got 18 we do shirts designs that features all 18 championship years on the back you head on over right now do it right now to tdaware.com that's tdaware.com you click on the championship collection merch tab and you get you those shirts those hoodies that gear today uh, showing that support for coach saban the university of alabama the student athletes and us here at TDA also tied nation at daily super chat Go, seventy five dollars daily super chat goal right there of seventy five dollars. Appreciate the love coming from you guys. But getting to the final topic here of conversation, and it's you know it's it, it's good it, it, it's good to, it's good when the SEC is good. Like everything is good when the SEC is good. It, it's great when Bama has those challenges. Within the conference, within the SEC, it's good when Texas A&M is a, is a is a good team. It's a great thing when LSU's on the up and up. It's a great thing when all of these different programs within the SEC are dominant because when Bama plays, them, it adds you know a different another feather in the hat of the Crimson Tide, and and, and everybody you know you know wants to know who is going to give. The crimson tide that challenge who's going to give the crimson tide that push you know, who's going to give alabama that competitive game that competitive match even you as fans you wonder you know can we get some games where they're fun they're competitive they're you know high drama i mean you know there are moments where you know you don't want to go into a game and you're already thinking well, Bama's gonna take this. When Bama's gonna dominate this, and we already know what the score gonna be. We already know what the outcome gonna become. You you, you want to have those matchups where it's tough, it's competitive, it's fun, it's a challenge. So right now, I'm gonna get into you know, my top five toughest matchups for the Crimson Tide. These five teams are gonna try by all that lies within them to make it tough here for Alabama in the upcoming season. And starting this off at number five, going from five to one, I got Ole Miss at number five. The Rebels coming to Bryant-Denny this season. Lane Kiffin will make his appearance in Tuscaloosa for the first time since the 2016 season. I know it lost Elijah Moore to the NFL. Very talented wide receiver. But Matt Corral is back at quarterback. on Ely is back at running back. They, they got some offensive pieces to really work with. And Corral at quarterback is a very confident individual. I remember I was reading an article where he talked about, you know, we had that game last year. We should have won that game last year. Like We, we were right there with Bama last year. We should have took that game last year. You know, we let that one get away. So you, you already got, you know, Matt Corral speaking with a lot of confidence. We know the, the lightning rod that Kiffin is. He's already, you know, trolling Coach Saban at Alabama all over social media. So that matchup, against Ole Miss, you know, in Tuscaloosa. That's going to be a fun game. That's going to be a challenging game. Looking forward to seeing what Ole Miss does and trying to provide that competition. But they're five right there. Moving on down to number four. At number four, give me LSU. Give me the LSU Tigers. I I, I feel like LSU, this matchup will be in um, Bryant-Denny and uh having Miles Brennan back at quarterback for the Tigers and also Max Johnson. They got Kayshaun Booty at wide receiver. But I feel like, you know, when LSU is good, this is a good thing for college football. This is a good thing for the SEC because when you beat a good LSU team, it means more than when you beat an LSU team that is struggling. And last year's Tiger Bunch, not the greatest bunch in the world. So this time around, they're going to be a bit much more. They're going uh, to have a lot more juice coming into this matchup. A lot more juice, a lot more excitement. They're going to have some playmakers on both sides of the ball. So uh, having that matchup in Brian Denny, and they already feel like, with well, the fans feel like they own Brian Denny since they came in here in 2019 with a hobble to a and won by five and escaped forty-six to forty-one. But LSU got that game. Got that game number four on my list. They're, they're going to be a lot better this season. And just beating an LSU team that's good, that sound, that solid, that's productive is it, it, a lot better. But brings a lot more substance to it. LSU at number four. Number three, give me Florida. Alabama goes down to the swamp, goes down to Ben Hill Griffin Stadium in Gainesville. And this is intriguing due to Emory Jones at quarterback. She's a really good quarterback. I mean, he's got he's a Dan Mullen type of quarterback. He has the throwing ability of a Derek Prescott, the running ability of a Nick Fitzgerald. He's a solid quarterback. Damian Pierce is back at running back. They've got Trayvon Grimes back at wide receiver. Of course, losing uh, uh, Kyle Pitts, that hurts. Losing Kadarius Toney, that hurts. Losing Kyle Trask, that hurts. Defensively, it does It, it does bring back Jerry, uh, Jeremiah Moon at the linebacker position. So, have that one circled. I feel like Florida going down with the Swamp to Gainesville for the first time since 2010. That's going to be an intriguing matchup there for Alabama. And, and Dan Mullen. It's another one of those coaches where the Florida fan base is asking him, you know, when are we going to beat Alabama? When are we going to take down Alabama? When when are you going to get your win over Nick Saban? Coach Saban comes down here. He comes to the Swamp. He comes to Gator Country. When are we going to get this win here over Coach Saban? So, Florida – Number three right there. Number two, Texas A&M. Jimbo Fisher already talking. Jimbo Fisher already running his mouth. Jimbo Fisher already speaking with confidence saying, we going to beat Nick Saban while he's at Alabama. And with him saying this, he's got to get it done. He has got to bring it into fruition. He has got to bring it to pass. The Aggies with the number eight signing class on this pass Recruiting cycle. Texas A&M playing in Kyle Field. It has not beaten Alabama at Kyle Field since the, the group, since the team joined the SEC in 2012. It is winless in its last eight tries. The last win the Aggies had was 2012 with Johnny Manziel coming to Brian again the 29 24 win. There's a lot of pressure here on Jimbo Fisher because when you're down there, in the long star state of texas where you have the oil tycoons and the financial power brokers and all of these boosters that try to run and orchestrate to operate your program they want to see production fast they want to see results quick they want to see what can you do and how fast and how quickly can you do it and put things together so fisher entering his fourth year they want a win Against Alabama, Jimbo assuring them that win. So number two, Texas A&M, gonna be an interesting matchup right there. Number one for me, the Auburn Tigers, and uh, Auburn. Uh, ch- check this: when Auburn has had a first-year head coach in the Iron Bowl, they have always been. They've been hyper aggressive. They've been hyper aggressive offensively when they've had a first-year head coach in the Iron Bowl. Going back to 2009, Gene Chizik, uh, the first play they ran was a, a trick play reverse to Terrell Zachary, who scored on the play and they had a built-in onside kick after the touchdown. Auburn went up 14-0 in that matchup. Yes, Alabama ultimately won the game 26-21, but Auburn came out hyperly aggressive. They were not afraid of the moment, afraid of the matchup. And then 2013, if you remember Gus Malzon's first year with uh, Nick Marshall, Trey Mason, Sammy Coates, and those guys, they came out hyper-aggressive, running hurry-up offense, running no huddle, running trick plays, and, of course, Auburn ended up winning that game off a kick six there, 34-28. to 28. So uh, this upcoming season, you bring in Brian Harson, first year coming over from, from Boise State. He's blowing things up. He's doing things his way. Expect for Auburn at Jordan-Hare to be hyper-aggressive. They're going to run different plays offensively. They're going to take some shots on defense. They're at Jordan-Hare, so that's going to be a very intriguing matchup in the Iron Bowl. It's always interesting because it's a rivalry game. You throw caution to the wind. You throw records to the wind. You never know what can happen. And those types of matchups, But those are just my five right there. Teams in the SEC that could give or that look to give Alabama the toughest challenge. Five Ole Miss, four LSU, three Florida, two Texas A&M, and one those Auburn Tigers. It's going to be fun to see how all of this shakes out and boils down when the fall gets into play here As always, Tide Nation, you want the best in news, notes, information, and coverage on your favorite program, the Crimson Tide. You can get this by accessing the Touchdown Alabama Magazine app. You download the app from the iPhone App Store if you're rocking Team Apple, Google Play Store if you got the Android phone. for your audio listening needs here, we got you covered, iTunes or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Spreaker, TuneIn Radio, Overcast.fm or iHeartRadio got you set and you set in stone right there. Also, folks, if you if also you could purchase individual copies of Touchdown, Alabama magazine, have those sent to your door. That link will be found in the description. If you're trying to become one of the first few fans to get the print edition, the the new edition of Touchdown Alabama Magazine, which is coming soon, shipping soon, this is what you do, you can go to touchdownalabama.com. You click join, become a member, become a subscriber today. That link in the description. Also, if you're trying to get your hands on that four-finger bling necklace, four-finger bling jewelry, courtesy of weownthefourthquarter.com, that link in the description as well but until next time folks husbands love your wives wives appreciate value those husbands children the weekend is here weekend in the building but continue doing the right thing the fun thing the smart thing the good thing the legitimate thing to not be bored you get you those three hearty meals a day those three great laughs a day Protect yourself, protect the loved ones around you. Until next time, folks, I'm your man Stephen M. Smith, and this has been In My Own Words.